spiked up your new daily sports podcast. No longer on the radio. Get this puppy anytime you like. Mellow, myself, and Big Country coming to you every day. We are going to try to get this podcast released about uh, noon central or so. We'll sit down, just peek behind the curtain here, 10 a.m. That's when we sit down to record. We'll get this thing out as soon as possible for you every weekday, whenever you want. Uh, formerly a radio show, now turned podcast. We thank all of you for making us part of your day listening with us. Uh, we'll be very football heavy for the next couple months because football season is here, and I am very excited about that. And I know our guys at MidAmerica RV are also, and this show is presented by MidAmerica RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to discover the outdoors. MidAmerica RV is your gateway to adventure with some diverse selections of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. You can go to MidAmericaRV.com. Check out what they have for you. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Big country, welcome to the podcast. We will be tailgating yes. with the folks of MidAmerica RV where they have their beautiful game day trailer, which I, I think a lot of people hear RV and they probably start to just tune out almost immediately. Like, I don't want one of those. Yeah. We've been in a few. We've done some shows from them. Like I said, we will be tailgating with them this weekend. It's so much nicer than you think. Oh, I could live it, in one of those. Seriously. Things. And they're like, well, okay, hey, you just get one of these and you just pay month to month. Well, the month payment's like 160 bucks, and you can take it anywhere you want. Yeah. So you put that, that with a lot. Yeah. That's the price of a hotel room. And if you get a real nice truck, I've known a buddy who's got a truck payment up to like north of 800 bucks. That's less than $1,000 for a truck and a home that you can go anywhere you want. Exactly. Take now, I couldn't imagine paying that much in terms of a rent payment on a vehicle. That just makes me want to cry thinking we'll about it. We'll see how this uh, but, podcast goes. <laughs> dude, it feels a little different doing the podcast and not radio. It almost started like radio where, you know, you guys go about five minutes in and it's like, hey, uh-huh. uh, still here. <laughs> yeah, big country <laughs> no, is but here. It feels awesome, though. And he will be every day. As we said, we will be tailgating. So how about some news off the top here? Our week one tailgate will be in Kansas City, and it's much more than a tailgate. We will also be at Atomic Cowboy, which is one hell of a name for a bar. Yeah. I think I'm going to wear my boots. The thing is, I don't know if it's the bar or if it's just the area. Because it's like, hey, it's come like hang out. It's like a four-in-one bar. Yeah. And Food, pizza. I'm going to get my hands on some of that New York-style pizza that they have up there. But you, me, and Matt will all be up there in Kansas City, Missouri. At 6 p.m., we'll start watching... Uh, a lot of college football, but then we will also have, we're hosting like a watch party for the Texas and Arkansas game. Uh, if you haven't listened to our radio show before, we are big Texas fans. Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like most people probably a little bit familiar with that, but you and I both Texas fans, so we'll be up there cheering on our Longhorns facing the Arkansas Razorbacks, a little bit of a local team for us. I'm excited about that one, seeing what's going to happen. But also, we will be at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday uh, I expect people to start arriving around 11. Mm-hmm. It's a 3 o'clock kick, so about four hours before that, you can start funneling into Arrowhead Stadium, and we will specifically be in Lot J. So, yeah, you can tell your parking attendant where you're trying to get to. They usually help you out there. But we will be tailgating and giving away a lot of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of beer will be on hand. Yep. We will be drinking a lot of that, but we also have some great giveaways. I know Matt will be there. Uh, he has some Madden giveaways that he's going to do, uh, some signed jerseys. We have a Derwin James signed jersey mm-hmm. that I think is pretty cool. 
uh, a Patrick Mahomes jersey that we're going to give away, a lot of like mic'd up cooler bags that are great for golfing. Uh, Big Country and I are in a golf league Thursday nights, <laughs> and we've been just getting our asses kicked, but it is always fun to be out there on the golf course. Hey, we'll have this, some of those. Not this last week. You know, we really showed out this past Thursday. I think that's the best round we've both collectively we played. We went plus six. Yep. <laughs> so take that as you will. Again, the it, best we've I'll played tell together. You, it sucks to walk back into the clubhouse after the absolute best round of golf we've had and hear other people talk about what they shoot. Like, what'd you shoot? And they're like, two, four eight you know whatever uh-huh. and then we have to come in and be like six over <laughs> yeah because they're the all thing that, you know like two under four under not us the first time it caught me for a loop because i was like oh man like we're not that bad like because the first day we shot eight so everyone's like six four five right. and i'm like okay like hey we're right in this just a couple shots you know a couple missed putts and we're we're back in this thing we might win the b flight and then all of a sudden they hit you with the under and i'm like oh shoot because when we said like eight that first time they're like oh hey like good job like that's yeah. awesome and i was like wait what and they're like, yeah, eight under. I'm like, oh, no. No, let me stop you right <laughs> there and tell you, well, we're not good at golf. Enjoy it. And we do play in a league that I'm sure that we will be talking about. Uh, we're playing that thing every Thursday. But it's yep. been a blast for us. But uh, doing some of those giveaways will be fantastic week one. But let's get into it. There's a lot of college football. Like NFL hasn't kicked off yet. So this week, at least, we'll be doing a lot of college football recap. And then yeah, NFL kicks off on Thursday yes, sir. of this week. So we'll also get into some NFL preview stuff that we haven't been able to yet. Uh, had a little bit of time off in between radio and podcast. So that will be fun to get into. But how about we start here? The top five teams in college football all played this weekend with Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. I was pretty impressed by what I saw by all these teams. But for me, watching Alabama play, I had money on this game. And as you know, I've been trying to do more betting content. I was you were looking undefeated. At, I was <laughs> until this one. I was riding high until Alabama and Miami. The point spread was 19 and a half points. And I thought, Alabama's going to be great. I know that they have a lot of good returning talent. But I thought, you're losing your top quarterback. Running back, two receivers, multiple offensive linemen, multiple defensive players, that there might be just a little bit of time where it takes them to gel and mm-hmm. get used to playing with each other. That did not happen. Alabama comes out and absolutely rolls Miami. I don't think there's any debate. They stay the top team in the nation. It's, it's going to be a fun year if you're an Alabama fan. Uh, once again, I mean, it just how can you lose that amount of talent, including an offensive coordinator, some yeah, other coaches? Right. Granted, you brought in Bill O'Brien, which is uh, nice. But that's a good point because, yeah. you know, a lot of people have shit on Bill O'Brien over the last couple of years. And like, oh, he's ruined the Texans. Yeah. And I've always said, like, yeah, he's a good coach. The like, thing he with the was Texans. great at Penn State. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a good coach with the Texans. He was a terrible GM. The thing with the Texans is that it was just his general manager, like just being that, having that much control, I feel like is what is is what he ruined. But in terms of the play calling and what the Texans were on offense when the talent was there, you know, including Deshaun Watson uh, when he was playing, it was kind of one of those deals like, all right, hey, I mean, they can move the ball down the field. You know, they can score when needed. It was right. just the amount of injuries that they dealt with, you know, and receiving-wise, and that was the part Bill O'Brien was not good at. Here at Alabama, he's like, oh <laughs> – He's probably got a better roster there than he did with the Texans in terms of overall <laughs> right. talent at that Especially level of play. Especially looking at it now, yeah. going into it this year. But I was very impressed with Alabama. And I they set a high bar. 
So for me to come away impressed with the team, I really did. I feel like they wouldn't struggle, but it, it would take a little bit of time for them to gel and come together. And it didn't. I mean, it, for Bryce Young, what is it? Redshirt yeah. freshman, correct? Technically, yeah. Mr. Millionaire yeah. <laughs> already, first down. He put more money in his pocket Dude, on Saturday. He, no joke. Four touchdowns and almost over almost 350 yards. Yep. Insane. Against, and it's not like it was a bad team. Like, I know that they rolled Miami, but that's still, like, a pretty good team. They were ranked, like, 18th going into this thing. 14th. 14th, yeah. yeah. So, one versus 14 week one, pretty highly anticipated it, matchup. I mean, it wasn't even close from the jump. I mean, the first quarter ended, and I turned the game off. <laughs> Alabama was it. up 10-0 after the first quarter, 27-3 to at half. Yeah, I mean, just an ass kick. <laughs> so, it, with Miami, because... You know, we had the question marks with Alabama, but I guess we should have been smarter than that because they continue to just have amazing turnover and level of who can play the next man up right. pretty much better than the last guy. With Miami, I mean, they lost their two edge rushers. Like, was yeah. there anything else on that defense that Alabama could have been worried about that we just didn't hear? Well, let or... me tell you why I'm dumb. <laughs> because every year, I feel like there are a couple teams, Texas, Miami, USC, and it's like, are they back? Are they going to be good? And I buy into the hype with two of them, USC and Miami, every year. And I'm like, okay. Those two? You're yep. a Texas fan. I know. And I don't buy into <laughs> the Texas hype any year. I did a little bit last year, but even this year, not really. But with, te- uh, with USC and Miami, I think that they're going to be a little bit better than most expect. I buy into the hype a little bit. And I feel like a lot of people do. To have them ranked number 14, I really thought they could keep this game within 20 points. Like I thought it might be a 17-point win for Alabama, but I thought it would be close. Yeah. And it wasn't. But once again, I bought into the Miami hype, and I think I just want them to be good. Yeah. It's part of the reason why I buy into it hey, so it's much. it's a little thing called optimism. Yeah. I got a lot of it. I do not. <laughs> that is where we are definitely opposites here. But watching Alabama, it's going to be tough for – I mean, the SEC, you're probably shitting your pants if you're an SEC school. Like, oh, my God, they're going to do it once again. And I just don't know – I don't know that anybody can stop them. Well, I mean, exactly that. Like, who is going to be able to compete against Alabama? Is it Georgia? You know, they picked up the win against mm-hmm. uh, Clemson this past weekend, which was great, but it wasn't a very high-scoring game. No. Like it, I know a lot three, of people right? were, like, upset about the game because, it. I mean, it's three versus five, Clemson versus Georgia. I loved watching it. Really? It, it's usually I don't like – I'm not that guy who's like, oh, I want to see good defense. No, I like to see points scored. I'm not an idiot all the time. Uh, but I really enjoyed watching this game. And can Georgia compete with Alabama? I think they can keep it close. I, I, I will buy into that hype because that defense is one of the best defenses I have ever seen. They're just so rich with talent at every level. I mean, the defensive line was great against Clemson. And that was something you talked about when we were on radio mm-hmm. um, in the summer, like in the spring and summer, is just how loaded this defense is going to be everywhere at every single position. Yeah, linebackers are great. They had you know two edge rushers that look like they could be two of the top edge rushers in the NFL draft. Their secondary is incredibly talented, and I don't even think they were playing with every guy that they had out there. Uh, so I was very impressed by Georgia. Can they compete with Alabama? I, I don't know if I'm bold enough to make that prediction yet, <laughs> but I, I think they can keep it close a little like, bit more interesting than Miami did for sure I think it would be a single digit spread which might sound dumb but I think that's the only time Alabama is going to see a single digit spread all year this uh, season yeah yeah I, I mean maybe like six points favorite for Alabama um, I know Other you don't that, have it on the like 14 I know you don't have it on the rundown about Auburn with Bo Nix did he look good this past weekend 
they played a cupcake. And the reason so I, I know a lot of people I, are talking about Auburn. I but. saw Matt's tweet. That's the reason why I wanted to ask because he was like, "Hey, if Bo Nix ends up being good, there's a lot of apologies need to be made." Yeah, but I mean, with Auburn, a lot of the SEC schools just played not good talent. That yeah. you do that in week one. Uh, I'm not buying into the hype just yet. Uh, we'll see because they did look good. Even Bo Nix did. I know that he graded out very high. His box score was really good. I haven't gone back and watched that game yet, uh, but I do love their running back that they have in Tank Bigsby. I think he's very good, but we'll see with Auburn. They're also a team that I don't buy into because uh, people will come out and talk about Auburn. So a couple teams I don't buy into, Texas A&M, Auburn. Yeah. Every year people will hype them up. Even now, Texas A&M is like the number six ranked team. Man, they lost a lot too, though. Well, in terms of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I did rewatch that game last mm-hmm. night. Congratulations on your win if you're a Texas A&M fan. You played fucking Kent State. <laughs> First okay. F-ball. Let's go. <laughs> and, of course, it's about Texas A&M. I'm not, like, I'm not that biased that I, like, hate them. I'll recognize when a team is good. OU is good. I know that they struggled against Tulane. They're good. With Texas A&M, like, they're the number sixth-ranked team. But they lost a lot of talent, too. Like, you lost your four-year starter at quarterback. You're bringing in a freshman. You're playing an SEC schedule. I think it's going to be a tough road ahead for them. Even if they, you know, win nine games, ten games, that's good. But I think a lot of the expectation is they could be the team that challenges Alabama. And to that, I say no. I don't, I don't think it will happen. I think if it is somebody, it would be Georgia, who looked fantastic against Clemson. And, you know, with Clemson, that's going to be a tough road ahead, too. They did not look good at all. They, yeah. And their offense, DJ Uyunglele, hey. whose name I'm finally learning how to pronounce. DJ Uyunglele. There we go. Look, look at, at us. us. <laughs> Damn, boy, we're good. I, I was pretty disappointed in his play. Yeah, and I know I mean, that we've talked about like this Georgia defense, one of the best ones I've ever seen. To give you a quick box score, uh, 19 of 37 for 178 yards and one interception. Yeah. His QBR was 36.7. And, you know, they have a lot of good receivers, too. But, yeah. I mean, this offense just was not creative at all. I think Georgia knew exactly what was going to happen coming into this game, and they dominated. So, the is that time. is that on DJ or is that on the coaching staff? You know, I because... put it on the coaching staff. Okay. I mean, I think he's a young quarterback who did struggle. Was it the same thing they did with Lawrence, and now it's just DJ's turn, and Georgia's like, okay, we've seen this before. Yeah, it was just very predictable Yeah, with everything that they did. And, you know – with DJ, he only needs 122 yards rushing now to eclipse 100 yards. He rushed for negative 22 yards, uh, and that's including sacks. This offensive line needs fixed desperately. Those look like uh, mellow stats in high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Add on a couple more interceptions, <laughs> and they definitely do. But, I mean, even their rushing attempts. They had nine rushing attempts by somebody that wasn't their quarterback. Ooh. Like and it's not like they were playing catch up. Was they Travis lost by Etienne, seven points. Was Etienne that big a part of this offense? Apparently he was. And <laughs> if I'm a Clemson fan, I would be very nervous moving forward with the way that they looked. Now, thankfully for them, they get, you know, an ACC schedule that's probably not going to be great. We already saw some of them lost this weekend, this past weekend as well. Uh, but the other two teams in the top five, Oklahoma, uh, as we've said, Texas fans. I don't like Oklahoma. I don't root for them. I'm actively rooting for them to lose against Tulane. But I still recognize that they're a very good program. Yeah. And that they deserve to be in the top five. Even with a close win, I still kept them in my top five even. But I did think that they 
they looked bad. You, you can't play Tulane that close. Yeah. And maybe it's a week one, uh, you know, you refocus and you get ready for next week. But it's not a good look for Oklahoma to come in and struggle, especially when they came in as the number two ranked team. Yeah, and Spencer Rattler, you know, he's a guy who is a, a very high Heisman candidate, and I feel like everyone just deemed him to win it this year. But it's something you and I have always questioned, and we talked about it a lot on radio. He goes 30 for 39, 304 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. You know, pretty much say two of those attempts were interceptions. But, like, his QBR is 72.1. Is this – did he surprise you at all? Were you like, okay, hey, this is a Heisman type of talent here? Or is it one of those deals where it's like, okay, this is just Spencer Rattler. Where's all the hype coming from? Because they didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. Right. And Tulane made that game close. With yeah, I mean, 13. they almost came back. Again, I'm box score reading all of this. But, like, that, I mean, it's just the facts of what happened. Oklahoma didn't score in the fourth quarter. And with at one Spencer point Rattler, they were down, right? He looked exactly like what I thought he was. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, but I don't know. You don't get that production that you've always wanted from him. I know he had a good year last year, but, I mean, he got benched at times. He got pulled from games. He made some really bad decisions. And for this game on Saturday, you can look at it and say the 30 of 39, 300 yards. Like, oh, man, he's still up there for the Heisman. But I, he still looked not ready to be that guy that everybody wants him to be, that quarterback one, the Heisman favorite. Yeah. And throwing the two interceptions, winning a close game against Tulane, I think really hurt his stock for both of those, you know, QB one of the NFL draft and the Heisman. I think there were a lot of other guys that played very well and didn't throw a lot of interceptions. But when you look at the like the Heisman favorites going into the season, I thought they all struggled. <laughs> uh, DJ Uyunglele. You can probably remove his name. Yeah. I don't know how you come back from that performance. You're going to have to throw like eight touchdowns in this game and just Exactly. It and maybe he will. Uh, Derek King of Miami, that Miami – or sorry, that Alabama defense – let me choke on my words here. The Alabama <laughs> defense made him look like he was just a guy. Yeah, he had less than 200 yards and two interceptions. Like, at times he, he looked undraftable. I, let's just be real. A I lot mean, of people trying to put his... him in like the, the first round. I've had a lot of people even ask me, like, where are you at on Derek King? Well, he's like a seventh-year college football player, and he's still not dominating. I mean, that's what everyone said when he was at Houston, right? It's exactly. just like, okay, he transfers to Miami. It's understandable. Go to a bigger program. Get some more recognition. Same thing. Yeah, but I, I thought he really struggled. Didn't look good either, and he was another Heisman favorite. Or, uh, you know, keeping with the QB1 Heisman guys, I thought Sam Howell looked real bad. Uh, he didn't get a lot of help from his offensive line, but I think that, sorry, at the quarterback position, sometimes you're going to have to just win games on your own. So with Sam Howell, this immediately made me think of Jordan Love at Utah State, right? Like that junior season, it was just phenomenal. And then he lost everybody. That's true. And he yeah. goes into that senior year, and he kind of struggled, and then he falls in the first round. Group, but he gets him. We know the story now. But could this be the same thing with Sam Howell? Because he lost two running backs. He lost like what two receivers. two receivers. You mentioned the offensive line. Yikes. Yeah. Like that's you. You just lost a lot that you had the year prior. It's just kind of one of those deals where like he still might be good. He's just not getting any help. And will NFL teams realize that? I know it's week one, yeah. but it, he could still. Uh, yeah, it's week one. He could still come out and be great the rest of the season so do I think he's QB1 he's never been that for me mm -hmm. and I just I haven't really loved him or Spencer Radler at any point throughout this process or like going into this year and as far as the Heisman Trophy goes it's going to be hard to come back from three interceptions yeah. the Heisman Trophy doesn't care about your offensive line playing like shit they just want you to play good 
That's it. That's all they look at. They're not making excuses. If you don't play good, your name's pretty much removed from that. I think he's another guy where it's going to be tough to overcome three interceptions in week one. Like Spencer Rattler, I think he can do it. I would keep his name up there. Yeah. Because he's going to ball out. He's going to have the production. I mean, Sam two of Howell his attempts were interceptions. I mean, other than that, he only had seven balls hit the ground. So, like, in yeah. terms of passing, right? It, whether it went to his guys or the other team, mm-hmm. pretty accurate balls. Yeah. And that Tulane team was – they were hyped. I, I know that they you know moved the game to Norman. Like, they were ready to go. That was like their Super Bowl. Yeah. And it, they fought hard. But with Sam Howe, like, going into Black, Blacksburg, Virginia Tech, one of the toughest places to play, especially when you put that thing on a Friday night. I was going to say, it was like, a good night game. luck. <laughs> Interstate man starts playing. Yeah. <sighs> Which Boner I think is, alert. <laughs> I think that's probably the best college football tradition. I know a lot of people were hyped for jump around at Wisconsin. To that, I say, how'd that work out for you? I feel like that's <laughs> kind of childish, though, like in my opinion. Like, jump around, like, woo, yippee, mm-hmm. look at us jump. You get Inter Sandman yeah. at a night game. Every time that video yep. comes across my social media feed, I will stop whatever Especially I'm doing. Especially late like, in the fall when they're kicking I'm off late it. and it's dark. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer. <laughs> I, that's It really is. I, I think that it affects the – I don't know. The, like, the, I get chills thinking about it. And I know that sounds so weird. so excited about it. And it really just – I'm bought into that. I think that's the greatest tradition. I mean, you know how I am with hype videos. You get me in a hype moment. Uh-huh. Like, I had a roommate in college. He was a football player on the team. And he was like, man, this co- like everyone tries to give, like, these hype speeches. And I'm just – he's like, it doesn't work for me. I was like, dude, if anyone gives me, like, a hype speech yeah. at any time in, like, or place, like, where's the nearest brick wall? Because I'm running through it. Yep. That stuff just gets me going. And I – I'm the opposite. Yep. I'm like, you're corny as hell. Why don't you shut up so I can get ready for this Give game? me all the corn, bub. <laughs> <laughs> How about some guys that didn't struggle, though? Looking at Heisman and also just QB1 guys, two of my favorite quarterbacks in this class I thought played very well. That is Phil Jerkovich at Boston College and Carson Strong at Nevada. I had them one and two. Carson Strong, QB1. Jerkovich, QB2. Prior to last week. You got a little bit of slack for it, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, a, a little bit of, like, who the hell are these guys. Go but, ahead and give know. them that Triple H. Dude. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens, though. We see it every year. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, the Baker Mayfield thing. But we're going to see a quarterback come out of nowhere. Yep. And for me, it's these two guys because they have great arm talent. They just haven't played on great teams. With Jerkovich, he was a Notre Dame transfer. So last year was the first time we saw him really on the field. I thought he looked really good. And on Saturday, I thought he made some really good throws that just showed, wow, this guy's got special arm talent. Same mm-hmm. with Carson Strong. Like, I don't know that they're either one of them, they're not going to be Heisman guys. But I did, I was very impressed with what I saw out of both of them and the arm talent that is there. I think they're going to be very productive. And I definitely think that they are names to watch in the NFL draft. Another one of those guys, Malik Willis, the quarterback at Liberty. A lot of people have been hyping him up. I think for even a lot of people, he's QB3 behind Rattler and Howell. Oh, okay. And I, he was impressive. I have not been the biggest supporter of him. I might have to change my mind because it really looked like that arm is going to be special. And obviously, his athleticism, nobody even compares with how fast he is. He's a bulky guy. He's a good runner. He's another guy that I'm watching. And, you know, to keep with my theme of quarterbacks that I love, Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. Yeah. Put his name up there for the Heisman. I, I do think that he is a legitimate Heisman candidate and maybe like one of those guys that sneaks into the back end of the first round. Is he a, he's a senior too, yeah. isn't he? So yeah. we could see him in Mobile possibly. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, depending on which 
all-star game we go to this year <laughs> mobile or you know being out there in vegas that's definitely gonna yeah. be do we want to freeze or do we want to be a little warm <laughs> right but i mean desmond ritter's got he's got to be the top senior quarterback that it, the senior bowl or the shrine bowl that they're trying to get like i don't know if you can throw him some name image likeness money <laughs> i don't know that they want to get into that business but like Get Desmond Ritter at your game. Someone's going to, and whoever does first is going to be, you know, the primary boy. Him and Malik Willis, both seniors, I believe. So Malik Willis uh, at Liberty, if you had to give like a quick comparison, because I don't think I've watched him play at all, just to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Quick comparison of a guy in the NFL who would be like, okay, this is kind of who he reminds me of. The easy, lazy one is Lamar Jackson. But that's okay. just because yeah. of the athletic ability. And that's a big name. Again, it's not, you're not saying he is Lamar Jackson. Just yeah. like a quick comparison. It, it, you know, there are not many quarterbacks that athletic in the NFL. Maybe Jalen Hurts would be a better one. But mm. I, I think he's more athletic than Jalen Hurts. But it probably has the arm similar to Hurts. He's got such a strong arm, though. Is he accurate with it? He's, he, nah. Is he oh, okay. <laughs> he has some misses. We'll see what happens this year. a better pass than Lamar Jackson? Because that's my biggest knock on him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that he's better. He's got a lot of work to do with his arm, but mm -hmm. he did look very good this weekend. Awesome. It uh, rushed for like a thousand yards last year, Dang. so I think that he could be a very good quarterback and you know a, a traits guy that somebody in the NFL is going to look at him and say, "Yeah, I I can fix that. Mm -hmm. I, we'll fix those accuracy issues." I mean, if Jalen we'll, Hurts we'll is going in around the, it, if he's going in the second round of the Eagles, I wouldn't be surprised to do the same thing with Malik Willis. Yeah, be like, forget about it. It might be the Eagles again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. They don't have a plan for any. Of their quarterbacks. It's going to be so bad for them this year. Like, I just – I don't know. I I know some Eagles fans personally, and I do. I, I feel very bad for them. It's – they just hey, don't have a plan. I know we've come talked join about the, it a lot on radio. But come they, join the Chiefs for a year. Like, stop <laughs> yeah. it. Like, have an on. AFC and an NFC team. How's that Michael Jordan meme go? Like, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> yeah. Come to the Chiefs. Enjoy I, a year for What a fall that they had. <laughs> you know, like what four years ago they were winning the Super Bowl. And now like, everybody's had gone. a young quarterback. It's like we are set. You look at that team now, and it's like you still got Jason Kelsey and you got Zach Ertz. That's it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got. Uh, let's take a little bit of a break uh, talking about all of the football. But our our segment number two is going to be brought to you by our fellas at Gunspot. Go check them out. A great, great website if you are into guns and ammo. They do their live auctions. So you can go on there, make a bid, find what you want. It's pretty much like eBay, but for guns. Yeah, and... Pretty nice. Next up, Miners and Monroe right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. We are doing this from Joplin, just right down the street. But if you're not in the area, don't even worry about it. You can go to minersandmonroe.com, use code MIKEDUP10 at checkout to get 10% off. A lot of great styles, anything you're looking. You know, you need beard oil, tattoo balm, uh, you want some new shoes, some cool hats, some retro shirts. They got it all for you. Definitely go check out Miners and Monroe. Again, it's minersandmonroe.com. Use code MIKEDUP10 for 10% off at checkout. Exactly. And a lot of college football, so let's stick with it right here. One of my favorite things that I saw all weekend was Coach O walking into the Rose Bowl and talking mad shit. And telling uh, some fan, you come down here, bring your sissy blue shirt, whatever the quote was. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter and immediately thought, God, I hope LSU just gets rolled. Dude, I so I saw and had the immediate opposite. Like, I was like, oh, they're about to kick some ass. Like, yeah. this is going to be legit. In the Coliseum, playing UCLA. I know they have, you know, I heard I heard Kirk Herbstreet. Kerb Herbstreet. You know, if we're going to throw it back for the old days. If you listen under radio, appreciate you joining us. 
he called out the quarterback. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, so I do apologize. Yeah. But it's like, hey, this is a kid to watch out for. And so I was like, man, he your head coach is walking into a stadium calling like a fan's a sissy blue shirt. Yeah. Like they're, they're ready to go. I saw some people saying like, you don't see Nick Saban doing that. <laughs> you know, you That's don't a, see Dabo Sweeney yeah. calling out fans. It's like, okay, you're trying to call us out. We're about to kick your ass on the field. <laughs> like wear whatever color shirt you want to. I also saw one of my Twitter followers. I don't remember who it was. But talking about, like, you're going to call out a guy for wearing a, a sissy blue shirt. Then you're going to walk into that locker room and put on a purple shirt? That's another solid point. <laughs> so, like, the solid points are just adding up against Coach O. And I will tell you, I'm not his biggest supporter. I think he is one of the most overrated coaches in all of college football. Maybe all of football altogether. All I mean, you even said football. that directly after they won a national championship. They win it, and like the next week, you're he's so overrated. They're going to be so bad next year. Let's see what he can do. <laughs> and you were completely right. And now we're going into yeah, this year. They went year. like five and five last year. Yeah. And now going into this year, you walk into the Rose Bowl, try to call out one of their fans for being a sissy, and then get your ass ran all over. They had two running backs for UCLA, damn near go for 100 yards. Zach Charbonnet, who I really like, rushed for 117 yards. On just 11 carries. He was all over the place. And then Brown, their other running back, rushed for 96 yards. You cannot call a man a sissy for the color of his shirt and then allow 200 rushing yards to two guys. Like This is such a like Coach O LSU moment. I know that a lot of people like him because of the, the voice, the accent. Go Tigers. Him running with his shirt off through campus. He's not good. He's not a good coach. There's a reason why LSU didn't want him in the first place and then felt pressure from the fan base because, like, he's from Louisiana. He's Cajun. It's cool for a second. How's it feel now? Not good. Mic drop, brother. You're already you're 0-1 to start the season, and you haven't even started SEC play. Enjoy Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M. They're, they're going to be a bottom feeder in that division this right year. Right back it's, to where they were, you know, what, six years ago? Right. I like, mean, I'm sorry if you're an LSU fan listening, but hey, enjoy the tailgate, enjoy the time. The great happy news for that great season you had. But is that oof. Once Coach O does get fired, that's going to be one of the best jobs in the country. That people will definitely want it. And I'm, if I am at LSU and I am in charge of who the coach is, if I'm the athletic director or the presidents, I'm going back and I'm making sure I have the correct phone number and address for Joe Brady. Because I'm going to keep some contact there. Because that is the man that they should do. Auburn did this exact same thing. They had uh, Gene Chizik there who won a national championship. And everybody was like, oh my God, he led Auburn to a national championship. This is fantastic. Fucking fired like two years later. (laughs) They knew they messed up because they let Gus Malzahn walk out the door. And then they were like, hey, we're going to bring him back in here. That was the guy that really won us this national title. That's Joe Brady in LSU. Bring that dude back. And he's about to have a real good year with the Carolina Panthers, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, he's already a hot name in the NFL circles. Yeah. I don't know if you could bring him back to college. It seemed like he really wanted to get into the NFL. But I'm t- if I'm LSU, I'm sending that you up text. You, <laughs> right. How much money you to check in on you. Make sure you're fine. I mean, Jimbo Fisher just got like nine from Texas A&M. So, I would start like right there. And I read that in the state of college football, which – Oh, thank you very much for updating all of us in the world of college football. If we missed it, speaking I, of overrated coaches, oh man, that, like why give him an extension? And again, I know you answered it in the article, but for people that yeah don't want to read, I guess 
I mean, but why? Why would you do it? He signed a 10-year contract just four years ago. He had six seasons left on his deal. And, like, they went 9-1 and one last year, which is good. Yeah. You don't need to extend a guy for going 9-1. and one. Just a little just happy feet, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, like, where was he going to go? Was there, like, who's knocking on the door to be like, we're going to get Jimbo Fisher? From Texas A&M. Because he had a bad uh, outing with Florida State, right? Like, that oh, wasn't yeah. an easy that breakup. That program was not in good shape when he left there. There's yeah. a lot of scandal. They, I mean, they're pretty much re- still rebuilding that thing. Looks like they maybe found a quarterback for Florida State, like, finally. Yeah, but I, I thought they jumped the gun a little bit early on giving him that extension. Like, they were good last year. I think that Jimbo Fisher has them going in the right direction. But why? Why give him another four-year extension? He's there for another... 10 years he's 55 right now so you, you got him until he's 65 yeah but after a nine and one season you're going to give him an extension like just pump the brakes wait that's why two texas more a&m years. that's why texas a&m stays texas a&m we sit there and continue <laughs> to laugh at him they just have so much money they don't even know what to do with they're like <laughs> ah we can't give it to the players so here you go jimbo you're getting a raise <laughs> thanks for winning nine games Ugh. we're not used to that here in College <laughs> what do we do with our hands? We like It's full uh, of money. Take it. Uh, back to LSU and UCLA, though. Uh, a big win for the Bruins, led by DTR, uh, which is incredible. That was a guy that I was talking about with Kirk Herbstreit earlier. And now looking at the Pac-12, like who is set to win it after week one? Is it UCLA? week for the Pac-12? Because like Utah had a good week. Oregon, I believe, picked up a win. I'm trying to hurry up and get through these yeah, scores. They but, like, won, but like barely over again, Fresno State. Mm-hmm. And Fresno State is supposed to be good this year. There's a lot of top-end talent there. I believe they're all upperclassmen. But like they did pick up the win. Oregon is ranked 11th. But in terms of the Pac-12, is there anyone that you look at and is like, this is the team? Because USC... I believe they picked up a win, too. You've talked about their receivers, probably the best receiver room in the country in terms of college football. But do they have enough to just continue that play? The Pac-12 is going to be the Pac-12 this year. Like, (laughs) Oregon, supposed to be very good, came into the week ranked number 11 and struggled against Fresno State. So a win is a win, so you're happy with that. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of room for improvement, that's for sure. Kayvon Thibodeau, one of your best players, Suffered an injury. I still haven't heard what the deal is and how long he'll be out. With USC, you're supposed to have one of the best offenses in the country. You put up 30 points against San Jose State. You're going to need to do better than that. And you know, Washington lost to Montana. I, <laughs> no one had that game predicted. No one did. They lost 13 to seven to Montana. Stanford lost to K State. It's already just it's bad. It's real Wait, bad. Wait, Stanford lost to K State? Yeah. Twenty four to seven. Wasn't even in that thing. So that, that I didn't even yeah, it's not even on my list of scores here from old ESPN. Right. But that Cal one, lost to Nevada. Like they're just there's so many losses. Arizona loses to BYU. It's Washington State lost to Utah State. I didn't even see that one uh <laughs> until now. But it's just it's so bad. So who is gonna win it? I Utah is a team that I do like. Arizona State is a team that I was high on last year, so maybe they put it together this year. Uh, but I do think that UCLA and what they're building, it looks like Chip Kelly finally has yeah. a team. And they're just filled with veterans, and then they bring in Zach Charbonnet, the running back who transferred from Michigan. I really like him. I think he can continue this trend. I do think that you have to start looking at UCLA as a team that could win the Pac-12. Uh, like I said, not impressed with Oregon and what they did. 
Washington lost. They were another team that usually is up there. USC usually disappoints. No matter how big I buy in, they usually disappoint. They're going to win like eight games. So I am watching Chip Kelly in UCLA. Like I said, a lot of veterans. Quarterback's been there for like four years now. Offensive line, tight ends. you got a good couple receivers. I think UCLA can definitely make some noise in the Pac-12. That is going to be exciting with UCA, or, or excuse me, USC. <laughs> UCA, is that what I just said? What an idiot. <laughs> but USC, excuse me, uh, our guy Keontae Ingram uh, led the game in a rushing. How about that one? 86 yards. A lot of people are excited about him. Yippee, bup. I am not one of them. <laughs> Let's see you fumble or uh, drop a wide open pass, you know, to, right. to lose the game. Then yeah. you'll, you'll I, really change your opinion on the guy. I don't root against players, but there are some that I just don't like anymore. Like, if they're not good, you're kind of like, oh, yes. <laughs> I, I so badly wanted him to be great. Even after his freshman year, I made him one of my, like, breakout players for – his sophomore year is like, this is going to be the dude. He's a good, thick running back. Maybe maybe he still can be. Maybe they needed a fresh start yeah. at USC. Maybe they'll get things going there. Uh, but another story over the weekend, uh, the Florida State and Notre Dame game was absolutely bananas. I went to a pizza place, was watching the game, having a couple beers. Thought it just they would casually have it on. No. Yeah, I oh, mean, you guys went just, back to that tradition when yeah. I'm out of town? Mm-hmm. Wow. We did. Yep, for a little Sunday night football uh, college edition. Uh, really, I just I thought it would be kind of a blowout. Florida State, like we said earlier, hasn't been great over the last couple of years, but they really fought hard in this game. My biggest question mark on the whole thing is, why the hell was McKenzie Milton not playing this whole damn game? So that was my question because when the clip came out on him, you know, the, his drive and he leads and they go and score, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was like. Why does he in at this point of the game? Like, why is he in here at, in the healthy, fourth quarter? Play. Yeah. Because I tell you, at the start of the game, I noticed that he wasn't starting. And watching the game at a bar, didn't have the sound, like couldn't hear what was going on. Yep. So I didn't hear. I just thought, oh, okay, well, McKenzie Milton can't play. He's probably still not ready yet. Or maybe had a little bit of a setback or whatever. Or, you know, honestly, as a little bit of a pessimist, I thought, okay, we're buying into the hype when really – he wasn't even the starting quarterback. Yeah. So seeing a you know another quarterback trot out there, it was disappointing. I, I was buying into the story and then didn't see him. And then late in the game in the second half, they bring him back in, scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, and like fought back against this Notre Dame team, who's a top 10 ranked team. Yeah. I absolutely love to see it. I don't get in my feels too much, uh, but with this one with McKenzie Milton, watch a guy at UCF, who I really liked yep. as a college football player, watch him have that gruesome leg injury. It's nasty. I remember watching it live. I mean, it was the Alex Smith of the college football world. 100%. It never thought he would play again, but kept working, kept fighting, transferred, should have been the starter at Florida State. But I mean, we're going to gonna see in, an ESPN documentary on this real quick. I mean, should. I mean, yeah. what a great story. So happy to see him come back in and almost lead a comeback. I'm not the biggest Florida State fan. I'm, like, neutral on Notre Dame. I really wanted to see Florida State win that game. With McKenzie Milton leading yep. it? Yep. As so, soon as he came in and, like, started throwing some dimes, I'm like, okay, I'm on the Florida State bandwagon, at least for this game. Very happy to see him play. So, with uh, Jordan Travis, who initially had this start, he was 9 of 19, again, box score reading here, 130 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yeah. But, like, I'm, look. I get to see a little clip out of the game here, and he is just running for his life behind this offensive line. Yeah. With the Notre Dame pressure. Is this one of those deals where Mackenzie Milton takes the job, or is this just Jordan Travis? Man, I think so. 
Okay. I, if you're the Florida State coaches and Milton is healthy and ready to play, you got to play him. Yeah. It, you know, even last year or whenever it was with Alex Smith, I remember watching him play and being like, this is great, but I hold my breath every time he takes the field. Well, yeah, I mean, his first play was got sacked by uh, yeah. Aaron Donald. Right. He just jumped on his back. It was like, okay, yeah. we're really going to test the strength of this leg, bub. Yeah. Here I am. When McKenzie Milton, I didn't feel that as much. Maybe it was because I saw, you know, Alex Smith come back yeah. and play successfully. But with him, he was running around. He looked really good. We didn't have videos of, like, him limping around with his kids or anything like yeah, that no like joke. we did Alex Smith. Uh, so I, I think if you're Florida State, you have to roll with him. Like, he looked so good leading that offense. It looked like two totally different teams. If Florida State was able to run the ball very well, and I, I think that their quarterback, Jordan Travis, probably just made some mistakes. And I tell you, if you want to be really good at football, find number 14 for Notre Dame. Stay the hell away from him. I don't know My if you can. God. The range that he's got is incredible. Yeah, he has been a player that I've been high on since he was a freshman. And, like, this guy's 6'4", 220. He plays safety. And even this year, I thought they might Wait, move him. Wait, he's 6'4"? 6'4", 220, and plays safety. And runs like that. I thought they were going to play him. This dude's a freaking shooting guard. Yeah, at like, a, you know, that that position that, what's his name? Jeremiah Wusu-Cormo played. Like a yeah. hybrid linebacker safety type. That's not the case. So they've had two of these guys? I mean, he's playing single high safety. He's playing uh, cover two safety. And the range on both of the interceptions that he had. You know, Matt and some other guys, we were up. We were watching the game together. And, again, no sound. That's something that needs fixed for next week. Uh, but we're watching the game, and here comes Kyle Hamilton, covers the whole length of the field, gets an interception on the sidelines again, and Matt, like, reacts and is like, oh, my God, I think he just got another interception. And I'm like, no, that's a, that's a replay. That's just they're showing the yeah. same one again. Nope, it wasn't. His two <laughs> interceptions looked almost identical to each other, but – uh, you're right. Like, how the hell do you stay away from this guy? I know a lot of people. I know the guys at uh, what is it, the Draft Network put out like a top 50 board. Yeah. And they had Kyle Hamilton as the number one defensive player with guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, those were guys that were getting legitimate Heisman Trophy buzz in the preseason with Thibodeau and Stingley. Now, I'm re-looking at my board, too. Thibodeau was good. Had a sack, maybe even a strip sack. It's hard for me to remember now, but looked good, but also got hurt and wasn't able to finish the game. That sucks to see. I yeah. still think he's great. Derek Stingley, taking it back to LSU, like, sorry to keep shitting on you guys. He didn't look good at all. It just is it? What is up with this? Because we've seen it. It's a trend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I again, know. I know you mentioned it in the State of College Football. Again, go read it if you haven't. It's a great article. It keeps you all up to date on the State of College Football. It's exactly the name of it. But, I mean, seriously, though, in terms of this top-level talent that they have at a safety or corner who's young, freshman, tears it up, and everyone's like, all right, this is going to be the guy in a couple years when he's draft eligible. Yeah, just wait till he's draft eligible. And then you get to this point, it's like, he's gone stagnant. Like, how was his best year's first season? Like, is this right. the hype to him? Is it the number seven jersey? Just like, okay, yeah, I am the best player on this defense you now. Know, I think a lot I don't of these play guys, that hard. and I'm not saying that I disagree with them. I think a lot of the guys, they know the NFL money's coming. Like, for me, I love college football and the dream of, like, winning a national title or a Heisman Trophy. Like, I'll take that over a Super Bowl or MVP any day. Yeah. I think a lot of guys see the money in the NFL and say, that's the dream. Like, don't want to get this hurt. is my avenue to get to the NFL. I don't want to get hurt. I'm not real super motivated to be here. And I don't know if that's the case with Stingley. I hate to put that 
on a kid. Yeah. But I, I think that he's probably eyeing the NFL, just like we saw with you know, Grant Delpit, who was a phenomenal safety. Like, yep. We thought he was going to be like a Kyle Hamilton type. And he and fell in the he draft. Yeah. yeah. And now he's dealing with injuries and with the Browns. Yep. Yeah. Same and with Greedy Williams. Can I already mention his name? Also drafted by the Browns. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Derek Stingley Jr. to the Browns. First uh, round. <laughs> yeah. Pick maybe, 28. Maybe. Falls to the sec- <laughs> There's no way he should fall to the second round. The athletic ability is just too much there. But it was interesting, at least, to watch and be like, oh, okay. Like, to not be able to keep up with a guy running a crossing route for UCLA and then the lack of effort to even try to tackle. And, you know, I even saw some guys that LSU guys were like, you're not going to hear anything from Derek Stingley tonight because nobody's going to target him. Well, they did. Bet. And, I mean, <laughs> As the kids say. Yeah, it wasn't like – he didn't get torched, but he, he was not the shutdown corner. that You know, a lot of people just say, hey, play man. He's going to shut down a cor- uh, receiver. You won't have to worry about him. That wasn't the case. So, I'm going back and I'm looking at – I might have to move Kyle Hamilton up too. I, he might be the best defender in this class, which has three really good defenders. And – no quarterbacks like we were talking about earlier. I don't know that we're going to see a number one. Well, will we get to see Kyle Hamilton anymore? Because I mean, at the end of the game, you know, Brian Kelly says he's just going to execute his entire team. So like, right? that might be it. I hope you guys enjoyed Week One. <laughs> no I more. I didn't see the like reaction after that game to the comment. I caught it the next morning. Same. And I'm like, what the hell did he say? <laughs> what happened? Why is everybody mad at Brian Kelly? And so, of course, I did a quick little Twitter search, found it. It's like, this is why we're all upset. And it's crazy that it's like, okay, this was clearly a joke. <laughs> and but then he we had get... to go into the press conference and like, no, I was clearly <laughs> joking. Like, did you think he was actually going to kill every one of his but players? But you get like video footage of him dropping F-bombs to his players. And I was like, ah, it's just being a coach. We're going to execute. <gasps> yeah. No. You had Trent Dilfer shoving people. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's hard coaching. Yeah. Brian Kelly makes a joke post game and they're like, oh, should we be worried about the Notre Dame team? Are they even going to make it home? Are they still all alive? Yeah, they, they're fine. I was it because they were in Florida? It's just like, yeah, man Florida in man Florida. Kills. <laughs> entire football team <laughs> i don't know it was it was so weird to see like let's not be too serious like clearly he was joking yeah like they won the game even like maybe if they lost we worry well but, i mean <laughs> what happened with florida state didn't they ice their own kicker like what's up with that yeah and there's florida state kicking anytime it comes down to a last second kick with florida state in my mind i'm just like oh he's gonna miss <laughs> i give no confidence to their kickers at all even if they have, you know, Sebastian Janikowski or whoever, the best kickers, they're going to miss. It's Florida State. They always do. Who was the kid that was drafted in the second round by the Bucks? Yes. What was his name? Aguayo? Uh, something like Roberto that. Roberto Aguayo? Have they just been cursed, them and the Bucks, in terms of kickers since this kid? Maybe so. I love a good curse, so <laughs> I, I kind of hope so. We'll start it right now. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. cursed. <laughs> All right, let's read some more ads from our local sponsors. Uh, Club 609 right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri. If you're ever coming through this area, you have to get there. It is my favorite bar in the entire world. I have their, I guess you'd call it logo, tattooed on my arm. I, I love it. I spend almost every Thursday night there, and they are home to one of the greatest happy hours ever. It's two-for-one drink specials down there at Club 609, and they will bring you two for the price of one. I know some bars, they have a happy hour. They say two-for-ones, which really means half-price drinks. Not at Club 609. You are getting two for the price of one 
every weekday, Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock until 8 o'clock. And on Saturdays, no better spot to watch a game. Their happy hour lasts from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. with those two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. And if you can last an entire happy hour on Saturday, it is called the Miller Challenge. Now, myself, Big Country, speaking in third person, has completed it twice. Uh-huh. So, feels pretty good to accomplish. I'm the only one that can write my name right on the now. board. And no way. Mm-hmm. We haven't. Hey, I tried to drink this past weekend. Went and visited some family. Had went to a wedding uh-huh. night before. They're like, "Let's drink, let's drink." So I broke out some Jim Beam with my sister's fiance, and it was like I woke up the next morning, dude. And I was like, "This is awful." We went to a whole bottle. I mean, we that's... went Jim Beam vanilla and uh, cherry Pepsi, which is a good combination. It is really, really good. But like when you go to bed and you wake up at like four or five in the morning, hey. I had to go make myself throw up. I'll be honest. <laughs> I did it. Went and slept like a baby dragon afterwards, but boy, it was rough the next day. <laughs> Moving on to our next ad here. Downtown Lube uh, is a great shop, uh, locally owned. The owner, Mark Edder, is a great guy. I know he's going to be listening to the show. So, Mark, we appreciate you. Once again, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. Um, if you're not familiar with the area but you are looking for some new tires, be sure to visit downtownlube.com. A lot of great deals. It's a new website that they got up and running. Definitely be sure to visit it and check it out Uh, if you are here in the joplin area once again thank you for listening we appreciate you if you need tires you need oil change you know any time or anything in terms of they'll do it for you (laughs) any mechanical issues that you're having with your vehicle he prides himself and the entire team over there downtown loop prides themselves on getting you in and out the same business day if they can't they'll have you fixed up probably by noon the next day they are very quick i've dropped my car off i've had mel be like hey i need to take my car to downtown lube to get my oil change by the time we get back to the office they're sending me a text saying hey you're ready to go just come by when you're done i was like i just got back to the office i guess we'll just make another trip over there Uh, great people great service again be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for all your car needs and how about a little bit more college football as i said it's just where we're going to stay for today. Uh, will we get into basketball and baseball, the NFL? Of course, when there's news. I mean, here's but. your baseball talk. Salvador Perez has had 41 home runs this season. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's taking Outside any PEDs. Of that, but I don't like, know what's going on. Where in the world does this come from? And I'm a, I'm a Royals fan. I love Salvador Perez. I have him on my fantasy baseball team. Mm-hmm. I haven't given you an update on that. I'm like 15 and 6. I'm in the playoffs <laughs> right now. Third place. It has been a phenomenal year of fantasy baseball. Salvador Perez, every time I turn it on, it's like two home runs. I'm like, there's 15 points. Thanks, bro. You're better than my damn pitcher that I just picked up today. <laughs> right. But again, real quick, is there any concern that he's maybe taking something? Or is I'm he? Not. Is it just there's like so he's seen it as a beach now. ball right now? Yeah. I, him and Shohei Otani are just crushing the it's, ball. And I love it, though. Yeah. It kind of sucks because it's two Royals fans. Like, this would be a year that like Salvador Perez could win the MVP. But Shohei Otani also plays in the American League, and he is definitely going to win it. Yeah. It's like you're going to have to settle for a silver slugger. Can I do like a co-MVP? Okay, this is pretty impressive too, but this just guy's also pitching. Give Sho- Shohei Otani might win like the Cy Young and the MVP. He just, Seriously? Probably not. Okay, I was going to say, oh I haven't looked God. at like the Cy Young stuff. He's going to win. That's going to be a cycle that will never be completed again. Or the triple crown, excuse me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how anybody else could ever compete. And maybe, you know, someday he could actually do it. I don't know if he will this year because I haven't been looking at much baseball stuff. But eventually we will be talking more NBA once that in, the season starts. Yeah, we'll dive into that a lot. Right now, college, college football. Football's on. NFL starts this Thursday. Yeah. Like, I mean, we even had college football games last night. I know you were traveling a lot this weekend. 
probably not able to watch all these games, but I did watch Ole Miss and Louisville last night. It was it was an okay game to watch. Matt Why Corral. In the world did they play on a Monday? Was it just because it's no Labor NFL. Day? Yep, Labor Day, no NFL games. They'll throw that bad boy on a Monday just because they know people like me will sit down and watch it with nothing else to do. Hell yeah. It, it was an okay game. It was a little bit of a blowout, a little bit one-sided. But one thing that I really took away from this game is the fact that these targeting rules, it's cool. I understand what they're trying to do and make the game safer. We had four players ejected last night. Jesus. I think like two of them in the second quarter alone, three in the first half. It was just, it was hard to watch because there was a run during that game where every time you saw a hard hit, you were questioning, are they going to review this for targeting? And a lot of them, they were actually granted. Like they, they were targeting. Penalties. So that's what I was going to ask you. Was it a true like leading with the head, trying to take off another guy's yeah. head, or was it one of those like we watched the replay for ten minutes and I was like, okay, like. Well, and I I think that that's kind of the problem with the question that you ask is like, what was the intent? Mm-hmm. Were these guys that were like head hunting and trying to make bad hits, or were they guys where it's like this game's happening so fast? Yeah, I'm trying to get my head out of the way. The runner is trying to get his head out of the way, and we just both chose the same point. Yep. And so you're going to get that head, that helmet-to-helmet contact, and it's rough. No one wants to see that. But I think in the college game, we got to do away with the ejections. Like, you can't find the players like you do in the NFL. Like, if we see a bad hit in the NFL, personal foul, and then you know money's getting taken from your check. Yep. Can't do that in the college football world. But I also, um, I don't think you should be kicking these guys out of games, especially when it's not intentional. You know, if you're just playing fast and trying to make a tackle – Make it a penalty. Give them the 15 yards. But let these guys stay in the game. And if you want to review it, like do it like the NBA. Like, oh, it was really bad. Was it a flagrant one or flagrant two? Mm-hmm. Like, was it a targeting one or targeting two? Give because it levels. That would be yeah, nice. Yeah. If you're out there doing it on purpose or, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to to get your head out of the way as a tackler, kick them out of the game. Sure. Like, I get it. But if it's just accidental and the game's happening so fast or you have a running back that – you know, moves at the last second, and you get two helmets colliding. I don't think you should be kicking these guys out of the game for it. Yeah, especially at this level. And again, you know, you you mentioned with the NFL, like, hey, you're taking money from them. These kids, you're taking opportunities in terms of like plays and an entire game because now they have to miss next week, right? If you get ejected, you have to that miss your next to be game. The rule, I think it still is. Okay. I I'd have to look it up. But yeah. I mean, that really sucks. Like you miss mm-hmm. playing time, or you know, you would have guys that get. Uh, a targeting call in the second half of a game, and then it would be, maybe oh, I'm going to miss. Okay, maybe you know, that was it. Yeah, because you have to miss like one full game. Yep. So it would be, you know, now I have to miss a whole half of the next game. Or if it happened late in the fourth quarter, you're missing the next game. And it, it's a tough, it's a tough penalty. So I, I don't know that you can immediately change it. And if it's the NCAA, like that's just not going to happen. I hate those guys, speaking of people I hate. Uh, but I, I don't think they will. But I think it definitely needs – changed like you just you can't be kicking out these players and having them sit on the sideline for something that was not intentional yeah i, mean, I really do clear, like the idea of levels with it yeah if it's clear intent kick them out suspend them for a game whatever it is that you have to do it also like i don't know a way to make it better but the review of targeting takes so long that it is tough like i mean i know that watching the game we have a lot more access but you can tell in 30 seconds yeah, I mean, and it takes a, three minutes of you know TV time to figure it out. Why not just call the guy in New York, put a headset on the ref, be like, "This is the call. 
Go back out there, make it. Let's keep Send this game going. Send him a damn text message and be like, yep, number seven. He's out. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Just like, why do we have to go to this fake camera setup thing? Like, there's another guy watching it. There's a review. Just, you need to streamline it, make it a little bit quicker. It just makes too much sense, really. Yeah. That's, the, that's the issue. That's my biggest gripe with college football right now. You know, even uh, I did the Ask Mellow Anything in the state of college football, and one of the things was like, what would you change about college football? I don't have many gripes about it. That This is becoming one of them, and especially after watching Ole Miss and Louisville where you see so many guys getting ejected. And, you know, a couple of them where it was just it's bad timing. Yeah, you're not doing anything wrong. You just happen to go to the same spot as the guy carrying the football. So it was a little bit rough to watch that and, and see guys get kicked out. Like if you're a senior, you know, you're playing in a big game. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of these guys, they're probably not going on to the NFL. And that's that's my gripe exactly. It's like, okay, these guys are losing opportunities and possibly their last season uh, or any level. Because at any given moment, you know, you can get hurt. Like that's part of football. We understand that. And that's part of the safety as well. But it just stinks where if it's unintentional, they're losing time. Right. So the, the idea of putting levels in there, flagrant one, flagrant two, however you want to word it, just – is an incredible idea. I don't know why no one else that is working in college football in terms of officiating has not thought of that. I mean, the NCAA should just call me and ask they for really, ideas. They really I, shouldn't. I wouldn't give it to them. Maybe we can just I'd send them, them this. themselves. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll clip this out of the idea, but like, yeah. I'll make sure to it just beep that part. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if the SEC wants to call me and be like, hey, we're about to break off and have our own league, come help us run it. Like, yeah. DMs are open. Let's go. Let's get. <laughs> go ahead and slide on in. Hit me with your best uh, opening. But line. how about some Big Twelve news as well? Because in football, college football, we're seeing a massive realignment again. I feel like this happens about every 10, 12 years, and we're up. Texas and OU moving to the SEC eventually, uh, and now the Big Twelve is sitting there, and they're trying to figure out what they are going to do. And now it's becoming less rumors and more just sitting and waiting as we're recording. You know, Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central Time, it looks like the Big 12 is going to add BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. And that's a move that I do like. There's a lot of speculation, a lot on my part, too, of what would happen with the Big 12. I thought they would be poached by other conferences. Yeah. I thought the Big 10 would come in and say, give us Kansas, give us Iowa State. The ACC would take, like, West Virginia, Baylor. I, I thought they would have to dissolve. But I do think that the Big 12 has done a good job of acting fast and bringing in four schools that are good athletically. Cincinnati and Houston are both pretty good in college basketball, but clearly in college football where all the money is made, you're bringing in four schools that I, I think each of them, it's time for them to join a Power 5 conference. Yeah, I don't know if you'll still consider the Big 12 a Power 5 conference, but at least you're fighting to keep in. You're not just rolling over and saying, all right, Pat my belly. We're all done here. See you later. <laughs> we but, ain't rolling over. Yeah, I, I did like the schools that they brought in. Uh, if you do read the state of college football, you know that I'm not a huge fan of BYU and UCF because they don't fit geographically. Yeah, that was going to be my question for you. With BYU, they they did pick up a win this weekend, which was nice. But like that just kind of alters a lot of things because it's kind of what we talked about a couple weeks ago on actual radio was – you know, if West Virginia and BYU play each other, that yeah. is a heck of a trip. It's like 2,000 miles. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be tough travel. You're going over two mountain ranges. And this isn't <laughs> just for football. Like, you got volleyball game, you know, yeah. you got a, well, a lacrosse game or whatever. Is right now, 
their non-football teams are with, I think it's like the Western Conference. I don't remember what it is. Uh, the West Coast Conference. What are they going to do? Are you bringing in volleyball, basketball, everything else with it? Because their football is independent. And so they can pretty much figure out what they want to do. So but maybe if, you just – if you only take football then, I guess I'm not that worried about the gripe. Because yeah. it would just be all the other sports would be yeah. Cause, yeah, what like of, your volleyball team, your baseball team, whatever. That's a lot of travel. Yeah. And, and not to take anything away from those programs or those teams or players. But they're not the moneymakers. Exactly. Then the football is. And that's why BYU is going to be added to the Big What's 12. the program line? I don't know. Which one is it the movie about? the program where it's like uh, no one's paying to go watch a chemistry test or something? Yeah. 80,000 people aren't showing up to see a kid do a damn chemistry experiment. There it is. They are for college football uh, in hordes. Bigger than 80,000 people. And I think with BYU... They do travel well for bolt games, so I mean that's part of it too. But it is going to be tough for them to travel, and I was looking into it a little bit too because they're not they're not in a conference right now. So I think a lot of the thought is, oh, they can join whenever they want. Like, hey, see you next year. But they've scheduled so far out in advance that it's actually going to be probably tougher for BYU to join the conference than it is for you know, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. How far or, did they schedule? They have some games scheduled out to 2035. What? Yeah. That's uh, college football. They will do that, and it's stupid. And I think that maybe we'll finally get away from that because teams are seeing, like, they want to go to the Big 12, but they don't know when they can go now. <laughs> because Holy they have cow. so many of these games scheduled out in advance. And, you know, with them being independent, it's not like, hey, we're going to schedule out one or two games this far in advance, and we'll see what the conference does. They've scheduled out a lot of games. I mean, just do what I do when someone's like, hey, let's go watch a scary movie when it opens. Like, okay, I'm actually going to be sick that day. Can't make it. I can tell you that right now. I ain't going <laughs> to be there on a scary will, movie premiere. It's almost spooky season. You're welcome for the reminder, I guess. <laughs> I didn't you need freaking, the reminder. Bro, you I sent saw me a brown leaves. <laughs> you sent me a TikTok the other day of like, if you wake up between like 2 or 3 a.m., it means someone's watching you. It's got all these like demonic pictures with it with some scary music. I was getting ready to f- like leave the airport. like Not even like just take off. That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. I was like. I was about to fly. I was wanted to take a nap. And again, it's the middle of the day. Can't now. That thing's in my dreams. Yeah, big fan of spooky season on this side of the table. Yeah, you are. Freaking hate not, which is another thing I love to do is mess with you. But looking at those American conference teams, we've seen some teams leave there, and part of their agreement is they want a 27 month notification and they want 10 million dollars. But it sounds like they're going to be able to make that a little bit shorter and not do the 27 months, but do maybe like 17 million, 18 million instead and get to leave early. And it's really starting to look like the Big 12. It's going to have not just 12 teams, but 14 teams for a while because they are holding on to Texas and OU are not leaving early. Yeah. So they are keeping them until 2025, or I think it's after the 2024 season. And we're going to see schools like UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and possibly even BYU join before then. So, I mean, in 2022, 2023, we're going to see a 14-team Big 12. With I, I love it. It's it's kind of a kick in the nuts to Texas and OU. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to make you play these guys. Like You're not going anywhere yet. Have fun traveling to BYU. We're giving you a real shitty schedule. You're traveling <laughs> to BYU. If they BYU lose to BYU. <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why I don't like Taysom Hill. Yeah, because yeah, that's when BYU beat them, right? Oh, yeah, and he ran all over them. Yep. Absolutely terrible game to watch. But I am, I'm excited about Big 12 expansion yep. and the fact that this conference didn't just roll over and die 
and I didn't expect them to fight. I really thought, like, I thought by now when this whole news broke, I thought that KU would be gone to, like, the Big Ten oh, or the I'm, ACC. Yeah, seriously. Like, somehow the Big 12 has been able to save itself. Yeah. So far. Yeah. But I, I do think that at some point Kansas, and mainly because it's just better for them to go to the Big Ten. Like, yeah. in terms of, in, strictly just in terms of basketball. I'm really surprised that the ACC and the Big Ten weren't just competing to get Kansas because of, obviously, yeah. basketball. Man, if the ACC got them, holy smokes, yeah. that'd be incredible. Yeah. But like, that would be the college basketball conference. Forget everybody but you know, else. Uh, you know, we've shared a lot of opinions on, like, Texas and OU. It's like, why would you leave the Big 12? You have a direct path to get to the college football playoff if you're yeah. those two schools. Like, the Big 12 has not been good. And I think in basketball, if you're KU, you're going to continue to win conference championships yeah. every single year because now you're losing two of the other best college football program or college basketball programs yeah. in Texas and OU. And Texas has been good at basketball lately. I yeah, mean, they've, I mean, really they've been solid, but program. I mean, now you're – you're bringing in Cincinnati and Houston. Like, okay, they're okay at basketball. And somehow we always forget that Baylor actually won a national championship. Yeah, sorry, year. guys. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, any Baylor fans. Congrats. <laughs> uh, hope you all the success in college basketball. Hope you all the success. 100%. Uh, speaking of the Big 12, though, Texas, uh, they did play Louisiana this weekend. It was a game that I was personally just looking over because I'm looking forward to this next weekend in Kansas City to watch them uh, play Arkansas. Kind of just fill me in on the game. Hudson Card, the the freshman quarterback, he gets the starting nod. How did he look? I saw Bijan Robinson had like twenty carries, went off for over hundred yards. I believe he won player or excuse me, running back of the week as well uh, in yeah, terms he of the was award. Like Big Twelve Player of the Week. And- yeah, so it's like it's exciting to see that. I saw the defense was making plays. Now again, it's Louisiana. Yeah, not to be any disrespect to them, but I mean they're ranked in the top twenty-five. This was a twenty-one versus twenty-three matchup. To me, it looks like Texas played much better than their overall ranking. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people putting out early rankings, myself included, that have really seen Texas jump in the rankings. They were 21, and I've seen them even in the top 10 Oh wow! Of some rankings. Let's go. I, I actually I think this is a really good, credible win. You're playing a Louisiana team that I think is really good. They're ranked 23 in the nation for a reason. And then to beat them as handedly as Texas did was really impressive. To have a 20-point win over a ranked opponent is good. Mm-hmm. I think the spread in this game was even like eight points. So, you know, even the Vegas odd makers thought that this one would be pretty close. And it wasn't. Even, you know, going into halftime, it was 14-6. to six or, And then they came out in the second half and they started rolling yeah. to, to where in the third quarter they really put that game away. So I was impressed. I, I thought this was a really good quality win. And Louisiana scared me more than Arkansas would next week, even. And for Hudson Card, the, the freshman quarterback, to come in, I thought he looked really good considering this wasn't a cupcake win. Yeah. And I, I love that Sark and the coaching staff didn't overlook these guys because it could have been real bad. And like we said with BYU, I've seen Texas teams do that before mm-hmm. where they just think that they're so much better than people. And then they get their asses kicked. So I was very happy to see that not happen. Uh, but I did think Hudson Card looked really good at just getting comfortable in this offense. Uh, I think he came out maybe even a little bit skittish, but still played well. And it really helps that you can turn around and hand Bijan Robinson the ball 20 times, which I love to see. Yeah. I had 24 total touches. And, you know, they were even splitting him 
out wide. I was going to say he was uh, second in the team in receiving. He had four receptions for 73 yards and a yep. touchdown. Uh, Jordan Whittington, seven receptions, 113 really yards. Yep. Yeah. I think hey. he just threw out the first, the first pitch for like an Astros game or something. Yeah, yeah I saw that I was one like, too. Hey, well, that's yeah. pretty freaking They've got cool. a couple good players. I've yeah. been trying to like bury the hype because that's what I do anytime I start to feel optimistic. I'm like, nope, don't feel this. Hey, I'll be you You're just going to get hurt. <laughs> I've had a good feeling about Texas this season. I know I, everyone was on it last year with the last season of uh, Sam Ellinger, but like this season, whether it was Casey Thompson or Hudson Card mm-hmm. at the helm in terms of quarterback, it was like, I don't know, there's just a feeling of like they got to figure out their that defense is more mature, which Casey is kind of what excited more. me. Uh, which I, I actually really agree with what the coaching staff did there of, you know, naming a starter, it was Hudson Card, and then giving him a ton of reps in the first half. Yeah. And not have to worry about, okay, there's another guy coming in. Because I that just that doesn't work for a lot of people. Yeah. Some people they need that drive, that push. Some people they don't. They you know. And so I like the way that they handled the quarterback situation. I like the way they got the ball to Bijan Robinson. And again, we will be in Kansas City, Missouri, watching the Texas versus Arkansas game. You can come. Uh, I know a lot of people just hate Texas. Like I get it. And are they back? No. Not yet. We'll see. Give it another uh, week. <laughs> but you can come join us in Kansas City, Missouri. We will be at Atomic Cowboy watching Texas versus Arkansas, but also enjoying a lot of other great games as well. We'll be up there doing some giveaways, drinking some beer. Uh, BOGO drinks. Buy one, get yes. one at Atomic Cowboy. They've got some great pizza that I can't wait to get my hands on. We'll be up there starting at 6 p.m. this Saturday. And also, we're staying for that Chiefs-Browns tailgate week one i know that there are a lot of browns fans coming in for this tailgate so i'm actually i'm really excited about it um and you will be welcome at this tailgate i know that you know we're local kansas city kind of guys we're chiefs fans here but we have tailgated before we'll be in lot j with opposing teams so it doesn't have to feel like oh i'm, I'm not going to be welcome there you're not going to be an outsider sometimes arrowhead doesn't have the best reputations for how they treat opponents but uh, you'll be Lot welcome. Is a safe place. <laughs> yep, you'll be welcome at our tailgate. But that's it for us. Show number one in the books. We'll be right back tomorrow with another show, Daily Podcasting. Going to be exciting. We thank you for joining us.